Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're so glad you joined us this week. As always, please leave a review, like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Send this to a friend, post this on your socials. And if you haven't already, what we mean by review is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. We appreciate all. We appreciate? I messed that up, but we're going to keep it in there. We appreciate all the love and support. Yes, we absolutely do. We appreciate you, our listeners. Um, and as Corey said, just share this with a friend and more than share it with a friend, have a follow-up conversation. That's why we do this podcast, because we want this to be a help and a resource and really a conversation starter for you so that you can dive into uh, everyday life topics and things that relate to uh, spirituality as well. And uh, I think we cover a lot in this podcast, so uh, you shouldn't be short of conversation with your friends. But this month we are, or this week anyway, we are continuing our series, Three Pastors and a Mic, because not only today do you have Corey and myself, but we are joined with Pastor Derek. What's up, Pastor Derek? Yes, sir. What's up, guys? And he does a lot of things. He preaches in our preaching team. He leads worship. So really, I hate you because you're the best of both worlds. You can <laughs> preach and sing at the same time. We've made jokes on our stage before. But we asked the same question for the people that are on staff here at Hill City Church. Mm -hmm. What has been your favorite podcast episode so far on Two Pastors and a Mic? And then the follow-up question is, what is one of the craziest memories or moments that you've had with either Shanik or myself? Well, all right. Favorite podcast for sure has got to be um, the You Are Not Broken podcast. I probably revisited that probably 20, 25 times. It's really helped, helped me personally, just with how I view myself, and then it's helped me on how I view other people. So that's been my favorite podcast. The other one will probably be the one y'all followed up right after that is Sin Nature. Hmm. So that helped out a lot because growing up in church, sin was the starring role in Jesus' church God, the Bible, and everything. It was just how do you deal with your sin better? Hmm. You know, how do you stop sinning? And that was just the focus. So those two podcasts will probably have to be my favorite ones. Those have been the ones that I've shared with the most people, and those are the ones that I've revisited for myself and just so I can, you know, just remind myself of who I am and how God looks at me. So I appreciate you guys for those podcasts, for sure. And then the follow-up question, craziest Fo memory, moment, this is an unedited podcast, just so you know, so share at will. Absolutely. So the thing with, I have to go with Corey <laughs> first because he's the craziest individual that you could probably ever come across. It's not even a moment, you know, it's just being around Corey, period. It's like, I don't think I've ever seen you like not in your zone of being Corey, which is, I don't know. You know how they say check on your strong friends? Mm-hmm. I check on you often, bro, but you you just be you. You know what I'm saying? I love it. It could be obnoxious sometimes. I'm out of control. You're definitely out of control. I've had my butt touched more by you than anyone else in my world. Pause. No pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I always use a good game with it, though. Yeah. So Craziest moment, though? I got one. So, yeah. Shannon, you already know where I'm going. No, I don't. I don't. He took the staff out. Oh, yes, yes, I do know where you're going at. Christmas party Christmas 2021. Party, 2021, Christmas party. He took the staff out to have a good time. And we went to one dope spot. I forgot the name of it. 1020 Brewery. 1020 Brewery. So it was a really good atmosphere, such a vibe. Had some nice food and drinks. And then after that, we went to some spot downtown on 4th Street. And it was the like Flamingo this, Lounge. The Flamingo Lounge. 
And, you know, Shannon got us in. It was like, okay, let's let's do it. Let's have some fun. So we came in with, you know, with some anticipation. Just everybody was, like, adventurous. And so this band gets up on stage, and it's this chick that's, that's uh, about to sing. And as soon as they click off, she starts screaming in the mic. And we like, yo, what is this? <laughs> Shannon, what did you bring us to, bro? Because this is not what we had in mind. And, dude, she started saying some wild stuff in the mic. Go ahead. Tell our listeners what she was singing about. She was talking about the fetus of a baby. Eating, eating, eating fetuses. fetuses. Eating fetuses of a baby. We was like, yo, what did you bring us right to? Right out the gate. Like, And we all looked at Shannon because he was like, he was the one that brought us here. He's the one that mentioned it. Go ahead and defend yourself. Before he gets to defend himself, the best part about it is he told us it was like this eclectic jazz band performing and we were going to go have great conversations over jazz music there was nothing jazz about it so what i was told i gotta actually interject this right now so um i'm friends with a guy who actually owns against the grain brewery they're putting things in downtown louisville he told me about this place he's like it's a cool little spot we're trying to revive old shops that have closed down Mm -hmm. and it used to be some sandwich shop and downstairs was like an old school speakeasy with the whole thing closed down he's like well i'll open it back up and I told him, okay, cool, man. That'd be a cool place to come bring my staff after dinner. Sure. And he's like, I'll get you in for free. Just let them know, you know, you're with me. So yeah. we all get there, and I'm kind of letting the guy know who I'm with. And he's like, we don't have you down. I got to call my manager. I'm like, well, yeah, go ahead and call him because we're supposed to be on the list. There's right, no right, cover right. charge for us. I remember that. And then he's like, well, I can't get a hold of him. And I'm like, well, we're here, so I'm going to pay. I mean, it wasn't a ton. I mean, it was like 10 bucks a person. So I'm up paying, and then I said, I got everybody here. So everybody walks in, but I'm still, like, taking care of the bill and with yeah, the guy yeah, at the yeah. door. And everybody goes in and sets downstairs. We must have got there right at the perfect time because as soon as you all sit down, she strums that first, and you know, note, and she crazy. just screamo instantly. <laughs> Not even five seconds later, my wife, after hearing her scream uh-huh. and say, I am love to eat dead fetuses or whatever she yeah, said. yeah. She runs upstairs and she's waving her arms. Shannon, don't pay. Yeah, Shannon, yeah. don't pay. We're we're leaving. Shannon, don't pay. And I'm like, I just paid. And the funniest thing is, I turn around and talk to the guy, and yeah. he's nowhere to be found. Like, so I don't even know if I paid a guy that actually worked there, or maybe he just was like stopping by and took my money. Oh, he's good. He had a <laughs> he, night after he's that. He's good. Was- yeah, <laughs> he didn't think that there was going to be 20 people walking up in there oh, that man. night that was going to pay. So oh, uh, anyway, yeah. It is what it is. I got you. It was supposed to be eclectic jazz music, though. Yeah. They, well, he said there's some cool bands. They're diverse. They're eclectic. And we have some, like, mixologists that work there. So I was thinking, you know, maybe get, like, a chill, cool drink For and sure. listen to some some vibe and that's jazz. And that's what we was anticipating. But when, when, when the dead fetuses came through the mic. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Dude, it was an experience, and we have never let Shannon live it down. No, and we yeah. won't forget and that. And you won't let me live it down because actually we were we were next door um, several weeks ago because yeah. it's right next to uh, Muscle and Burger Bar uh-huh. downtown, if people are familiar with that. Yep. And I'm like, hey, there's another band playing tonight. Let's go. And Corey's like, because I was there with Corey, and he's like, no, we, we will never go back in that door again because you can't, that's a story you can't redeem. We, we can't redeem that memory. It no, has to stay can't. exactly what it was. I don't care if there's my favorite comedian playing there and it's a free show. Straight I ain't up. going Straight so up. that forever Straight it is up. known as so the Screamo place. That's definitely probably the most memorable crazy moment with you two. I love it. Yeah, every day is a crazy moment with Corey for sure. <laughs> I appreciate. I take that as a compliment. I know you do. Well, our listeners, if you've joined joined us over the past couple of weeks, you've heard some interesting stories, 
between some of the people of our staff. Derek is fairly newer on staff. It's been over two years now. Has it been over two years? 2020? Three years, actually. Three years. Yeah. And we've known, I've known you since 2013. Yep. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your faith journey and where you've been over the last decade and how you even got to be a part of Hill City Church? Absolutely. So I, I guess I would be considered a church boy. My parents are ministers, both ministers. So I grew up in the church. I'm a church musician as well. So grew up playing drums and a bass guitar. So I've always been in church and part of ministry in every way. You know what I'm saying? Sunday school, Sunday morning worship, uh, church trips everything you know so that's just been my life outside of school and sports and music and stuff like that so just grew up mainly Baptist really that was really what I grew up and then um uh, started digging more into church leadership you know over the last maybe seven eight years of my life you know what I'm saying started digging more into it and just kind of taking it more seriously and having a, a better understanding at least so I thought but uh faith journey man I'm really a few years ago I've shifted fully from just becoming a lot more liberated in my thinking and just who God is and about his people and uh, his heart, his, the scriptures and stuff like that. And Hill City has been such a tremendous help uh, because, you know, you guys have just established such a healthy culture, I would say, um, with the teaching, conversations with just the people and how we interact with each other. And it, it's been such a safe place for me and my family. And um, it's been an opportunity for us to question, an opportunity for us to doubt, an opportunity for us to not be sure about something. And uh, you guys have helped us wrestle with things. You guys have helped us, given us space to think through things. You know what I'm saying? What I love most, man, is that even though with as, as, as gifted as I am and as talented as I am, when I, when I transitioned here, the goal was not to get me on staff right away, you know. So the conversations was never about how much we're going to pay you and this is what you're going to do and here's your office and all that type of stuff. It was not that. I, I think I sat in the audience for probably eight months before we even really had that conversation. Like there was some anticipation. Like we was like in the future this is what we would love for you to do. But y'all let me and my family just come to church for like seven or eight months. And me and my wife did not know what to do with ourselves. We woke up some Sundays and was like, we don't feel like going to church. And we didn't. And when that Sunday was over, we was like, that felt great to be able to sleep in and just rest and chill with my family because we didn't know that. We didn't know what that felt like. I've been in church all my life. Sunday morning, you getting up and going to church. So to not to have the ch the option to go to not go to church or not was new for us. But we sat in the audience and just came and just listened and just, you know, kind of allowed to be poured into for like seven to eight months. And that was probably one of the most necessary months we've ever had in ministry was to be able to be on the opposite end and not be on the stage to be the ones doing the pouring and the teaching and the singing and we was just sitting there receiving it all man and uh what what tipped us off on our journey was 2019 the the may series transitioned mm -hmm. you guys got it had a teaching series called transition so we transitioned on a series called transition and came in shannon talked the per first sunday and shannon was just saying some stuff like what no, what? No, that just don't sound right. You know what I'm saying? And then Corey came the next week and was like, yo, they are messing us up on this series. Like, whatever we believed about the Bible or whatever we knew to be true or thought was true, a lot of that just started being tampered with. And it took us on a journey. And as cliche as this word is, we had to deconstruct our faith. 
We had to unlearn church so that we could relearn Jesus. And that series set that off. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've been on this amazing, tough, challenging journey of our faith and how we viewed ourselves, how we viewed the scriptures and how we view God and Jesus and all of that. And it's been beautiful, but it's been challenging, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like I'm in a, the incline now. You know, I'm coming up out of the deconstruction. I'm reconstructing now and putting some things together. And I really love the place that I'm in personally when it comes to my faith and when it comes to just me as a communicator because I, I feel like I can speak and live from a more true, liberating foundation. And I'm able to actually, for the first time, see myself as a good person hmm. and as someone who's loved and as someone who is worthy and deserving and that's new for me and I'm actually starting to live from that place and it's it's not always easy sometimes I got to remind myself sometimes I got to go back to a podcast to kind of align myself but my my the way I look the lens has changed and I see a lot more things through the eyes of Jesus which is what you guys have helped me do and I'm actually able to live from that place now and I'm in a season now where I feel like I've done a good job at viewing myself the right way now. Now I'm learning how to view other people the same way, you know, and help other people view themselves that same way. So that's a journey I'm in, bro, and I, I'm, I'm glad about it. And I appreciate you guys again for even just initiating that transition. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm so encouraged just listening to you talk because we've done life for the last couple of years. For sure. And we've gotten to have those conversations mm-hmm. and dissect certain things. And it's kind of, it's really encouraged me just hearing you say that this was a safe place for you because one of the things we want so bad in our church mm-hmm. is that people do find safety here, yep. that they do find healing. We've, we've found out that our church has been more of a place that people come with church hurt to get healing. Sure. Um, one, one, one person described our church as a freedom from religious burden and a freedom for spiritual joy. Mm-hmm. And you actually said in one of our counseling sessions is we're not doing church tasks, we're doing life together. Yeah. And as soon as that shift kind of happened for us collectively, because it happened just a couple of years even before you got here for us. For sure. It, it totally makes sense. It's made ministry more fun. It's made ministry more worth it when you can be authentic and real and you know everybody's stuff that's going on and yeah. you still love them the same, believing in them the same. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about you. For real. Yeah, man. And you got a sexy radio voice. Yes. <laughs> so I just want to go back to one thing that you said and maybe have you speak on it um, yeah. just for our listeners. So you said the process of unlearning church yeah. to relearn Jesus. Yeah, man. And I love actually how you put that and how you phrase that. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to our listener um, who hears that and maybe like you has experience with church? Because, yeah. of course, we are also reaching people that have no really church deep background sure. and so they don't necessarily have some of those indoctrinate and you know indoctrinations in their life or um you know experiences that we've had because i'm the same as you like yeah. grown up in church what did you call it church baby like yeah, that was church, me church boy church boy and Straight so up. um yeah just speak to that process of unlearning church not you don't have to go you know super in depth sure. but just and you know give us like the five points or nothing but just kind of you know something that our listeners might might benefit from from hearing that they're trying to figure out what this church thing is about 
compared to what we're trying to get people to see. And that's just live authentic, authentically with Jesus. For sure. So, yeah, to keep it brief, uh, if you mishandle scripture, you will mishandle people. And I've seen people mishandle scripture, take things completely out of context. And in turn, that's how they handle people. They have they have this um, sin is the starring role in their theology. And the goal is to get people to stop sinning. And if you're sinning, you're a sinner and you're not blessed and you're not loved because you're living in this lifestyle. And so much was fear based. So much was sin focus. So much was um, them and us. Just this separatist approach to Christianity. And that was what I needed to unlearn. You know, because when I first, and this, I hate even saying, when I gave my life to God, it was when I started to give it more of a focus. And this was around 17 or 18 years old. I was that. I was separating people. You can ask some of my cousins, you know what I'm saying, of how uh, judgmental I was just off of the music we listened to. Like you talking to somebody that I gave God more of a focus in my life and I got rid of all my secular albums. Same. I burned them at a church camp. Bro. Once. I broke all my CDs and threw them into the creek. And then I had, dude, we all have the same story. Then I, I had to go, them, I, I had to do LimeWire, LimeWire and reburn all my CDs. Had to get them back because you found out that this wasn't it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what it was for me. I got rid of, and I'm a Jay-Z fan, mm-hmm. got rid of, and I had all of his albums on CD, got rid of all of them, you know what I'm saying? Calling myself being devoted to God. And it was like, but what I was doing was I was starting to be more judgmental. Mm-hmm. The cousins that was listening to their music, I'm telling them how their music is bad. And I'm like, acting like I'm better. And it was horrible, bro. And I started seeing more relationships damaged and I was like, I thought I was focusing more on God. Why are people hating me? Like, why? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, sometimes, you know, when you have a standard for your life, you know, some people do run away from that. That's cool. And the standard could be good and healthy. But that wasn't the case. No, bro, you being judgmental, you telling me I'm wrong and not living life right. Like, bro, I just asked you how you doing and why is it this? You know what I'm saying? So I had to unlearn that. I had to unlearn that. I had to unlearn that. And and, uh, you know, a lot of the scriptures that are mishandled come from well-meaning people. Mm-hmm. They do. But when you look at it from a bigger scope, it's just like, man, when I mishandle the scriptures, when I take things out of context, when I don't read things properly, I would do that to people. So I, I don't that. know if that helped. But yeah. yeah, no, it does help a lot. And, you know, this idea of like relearning Jesus mm-hmm. You know, because I love that you said you had to unlearn this sin-focused, sin-conscious message that yeah. you've been fed your whole life to come out of that. And really, um, all a sin-focused message in place causes people to do mm-hmm. is wear bigger mask. Facts. To try to even hide more of what's going on in their life. That's a fact. And so some of that unlearning church and relearning Jesus is also coming to a place where you get to be more... I'm just going to say um, you should be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And we do talk a lot about TLP on this podcast. A lot of our listeners know it's um, kind of the group therapy that we're going yeah, through yeah, as yeah. a staff right now. Yes, sir. We have a LMFT that comes in and, and helps us process and work through things and our thinking and, and all of that. And what our listeners might not know, though, is as you've been coming, I feel like maybe I won't say more than everyone because everyone has benefited from it. Yeah. But I've seen a tremendous amount of growth in your life 
through this process of TLP, but also that's kind of being vulnerable. So can you speak to that just a little bit and even how it's helped you personally? And then I know you talk a lot about how it's even helped your relationship with you and Mikey. So speak to that because we didn't even say earlier that, you know, and have you talk about your family, but you're married, two boys. But kind of speak to that for a minute. Yes, I'm married to a beautiful young woman, Michael. And uh, we've been together since 2011. We've been married since 2013. And we've been doing life together. And it's been beautiful. It's been a journey, and it's been beautiful. And I have two boys, Malachi and Isaiah, eight and three. But, yeah, so I've never done therapy before. So this was my first introduction or first act, first time actually doing therapy, which is group therapy with uh, some amazing people here at Hill City. And it has helped me out tremendously. And it came at a time in my life, in my marriage, where I needed it the most. You know what I'm saying? Uh like most men, we don't know what to do with our emotions sometimes. And telling people how we feel is definitely hard. Or we feel like we can't do it because, you know, society has put this Superman mask on us and we have to be strong. We got to be protective. We can't let people see that we weak. And, you know, when you have a wife and children, you know, they see you as Superman. So saying that you're not right or saying that you're not good or saying that I'm sad, actually, or saying that, no, that that actually hurt me or I'm depressed or whatever. You know, you saw that as weakness and therapy allowed me to take that negative stigma off of that. And it put me in a place to become a lot more emotionally available to myself, available to my wife and to my children. And it helped me take a more uh, focused approach to life and focusing on the things that matter the most, which is my marriage and which is my relationship with my children. And the culture that I set in my home is the most important culture than anywhere else in the world. You know, I can go to work and maintain and do what I need to do and leave. But where I lay my head at and where I build with my children and my wife is the most important thing ever. Like, and I will go on the record say, I don't care about anything or anyone else more than I care about them. And everyone else will get the backseat when it comes to them. It's just a no-brainer. And I haven't always been that way, you know. I've always been a busy person. You know, you're talking to a music producer, uh, a communicator, you know. I work a nine-to-five job and a musician. So I was always in rehearsals and studio and church and work. And there was times when my family got the back seat. And it put us in a bad place. And therapy came at a good time to put that, to realign that focus and it's allowed me to be more, uh, like I said, emotionally available to my children and to my wife. And it's helped me deal with my emotions a lot better in a healthy way. So it's, 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 been, it's been great, bro. So it's been a lot of growth. So the growth you've seen is definitely the growth I feel like I've had. Yeah, and it's being on the inside of those, seeing you grow, mm-hmm. even though we've all had our moments, it's just been helpful to get a perspective yeah. of empathy for you. Uh, when you've gotten vulnerable and shared some of the stuff that you've been dealing with and that you've had to deal with over the last several years, mm-hmm. it, a lot of people shy away from sharing that because they think w- that people will judge them or think differently of them. Sure. But what that has actually happened specifically for our team is we were like, man, I want to go to war with D. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I've known you this long and never knew that and how you felt about it. And yeah. it gives me just so much more appreciation. Yes, it sir. does the opposite of what we oftentimes fear. Mm-hmm. And so we want to encourage you to be vulnerable with the people that you do life with 
because I promise you those people that are in your corner when they hear you get vulnerable, they aren't going to be running from you if they're true friends. They're going to be supporting you and helping you even further. And I love that you talked about Dierk is a, a music producer. He's got some songs out there on Spotify and whatnot. Yes, His sir. stage name is Culture, K-U-L-T-U-U-R. That's correct. You should go check him out. He's got a lot of uh, vibe and hip-hop music. What do you even call your style? It's Man. I call it sexy hip-hop. Sexy hip-hop. But he's got some songs out there that are just incredible messages it's kind of cool to see his journey yeah because you can see his journey even back from his music that he's produced just a couple of years ago to yeah, today for sure but you should definitely go check him out follow him on socials um and as we close this podcast d why don't you help us close us out the way we close out every podcast of course i know this because i listen to the podcast every week and i just want to let everybody that's listening know you are loved and there is nothing you can do about it 